Hi, Peter Porker here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Now, joining me today in the studio is Pa, Director of Mocho & Co. Welcome, Pa. How are you doing? Peter, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for hosting me. Ah, pleasure having you on. And one of the reasons I thought you'd make a great guest on today's episode was that your extensive knowledge around digital marketing and the fact that more and more people are now making that transition onto the digital space and are aspiring, aspiring basically to become that digital marketeer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm excited to dive into this topic with you. Uh, I think that I probably come from a different background than your usual guests. I started off in the tech space, uh, came out of university at the age of 22, uh, and I spent my formative years in Iran and I moved to Canada at uh, a younger age when I wanted to come to university. I was eager to work for purpose-driven tech and B2B companies, um, but soon I became disillusioned. Uh, I wanted to do align work that really made my heart come alive, but instead I found rampant purpose washing happening around me. Um, so together with my partner, I founded Motro & Co., the first uh, full-service digital agency exclusively for conscious businesses and, uh, and disruptors. Um, but we can't do it alone. So we need a vibrant community of conscious and aligned entrepreneurs, people like yourself who know their skills and better served somewhere else, somewhere they haven't found yet. Um, so yeah, at Motro & Co., we're, we're here to really help uh, people unearth their purpose and achieve their potential and live with more impact, income, and freedom. And we're seeing a lot more of that, aren't we? We're seeing that we're seeing that move towards more sort of conscious businesses, value-driven organizations, and that kind of movement. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I think that movement is actually happening from the customer side. Uh, more and more, we're seeing the next generation is, is demanding that companies are purpose-driven, uh, that they have values, and that's that's where the world is going now. And more brands have to adapt to that change. And customers can nowadays really see through the brands that are perhaps putting on a facade or those that are truly uh, implementing conscious business strategies in uh, in their day to day operations. That's interesting you talk about putting on the facade because a lot of people I don't think consciously are put on the facade. They just don't have that transition in place yet moving from one to the other. And one of the things that I find absolutely curious, and I don't know what your thoughts are, and really the whole purpose of today's episode is imposter syndrome in the new digital economy. And there seems to be a rise of digital, definitely digital activity, and more and more people are suffering from imposter syndrome. Have you been seeing that? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's that's very common when you start off as a digital entrepreneur at first. You start off with zero books of clients. In my case, uh, I decided to make that shift when I came out of my second startup job. Uh, I wanted to start a company in the retreat space. I went out there and I saw the challenges of starting a company, tried for a year, failed and failed and failed, had some success, but I decided to go back to corporate actually. Uh, for six months. And because I had tried being in the startup and corporate world, it didn't work out for me. So I said, okay, well, maybe I should go back. And that was a sign of failure for me in my mind at the time. But after six months, the pandemic happened and I had to go back to that, uh, to that uncomfortable space again. So I only had a six month sort of time in corporate again. And then I shifted back to where I was 
But this time I tried to approach it with a different mentality. I said, hey, if it's failure, no need to sulk in failure. Let's get back up. Let's try again. Uh, let's learn from mentors. Let's learn from coaches that I've been there and done that. So I start to invest in myself, start to invest in online courses. Even though I had very little in my bank account, I knew that investing in myself, in myself was going to give me a higher payoff in the next month and two months. And I didn't really look at it as what's my one-year goal? Where do I want to be in three years? I said, where do I want to be next week? Where do I want to be in two weeks? Once I started to plan my business around weekly sprints or bi-weekly sprints, I saw exponential growth in my business and I was able, able to have a realistic timeline towards what success looks like for me. And that helped tremendously. Why do you think so many people are reticent right now to make the switch over to digital marketing. They are just, they'll do anything they can to avoid it. All the excuses under the sun. I mean, you and I know that at the end of the day, video eats any other form of content out for breakfast. I mean, video is probably the number one consumption out there, yet people will not make the transition and get on camera. Do you think imposter syndrome has a little bit to do with that? Absolutely. And I think more than that, there's no clear intention behind why they do what they do. So we have, I have a client that is a yoga teacher and she shifted into the spiritual mentorship space, Heather Ivany. She's doing some incredible work in the space at the moment, but she doesn't really love creating social media posts. She says that, I don't know what the point of doing this is. Why would I want to go live for an hour? I could invest that time with my friends and family, or I could invest in perhaps brainstorming, coming up with a new product. But I think where we help them and where they see the value is we help them put an intention behind the strategy. Uh, we help them really organize their monthly social plan so they're not scrapping every day, thinking about what to post. It's an integrated marketing strategy. So every time they say something on their newsletter, every time uh, we take that topic and we translate it into micro content for them. So they're not doing extra work. It's just part of their marketing communication strategy. Uh, and it's part of them developing deeper trust with their customers and offering value. Once uh, entrepreneurs understand this, marketing becomes more seamless. It becomes more intentional. And that's when they see the real value. Why do you think it is that businesses are scared to put themselves out there? That's a great question. I think a, a lot of it, a lot of imposter syndrome also feeds into comparison syndrome. So in this era of social media, every time we scroll our Instagram feeds, we're bombarded by a highlight reel of, of people living their best lives. <laughs> That's frankly just not true. That's not how the world is. We have highs and we have lows. And that, that applies to everyone. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, perhaps the ones that are, especially the ones that are just starting out, maybe they don't have a lot of followers, maybe they have an outdated website, they feel afraid that if they put themselves out there, they will be embarrassed or someone will check it out and tell them that they're not really at the stage and they should, it's all these thoughts that come to come to their mind. However, what typically happens is as soon as they put themselves out there, they see the opposite happening. They see more people reaching out to them and saying, thank you for putting your authentic self out there. Thank you for speaking truth to something that I've been facing in my own life. So 
I think once they take the first step and they see the responses, they are more motivated and encouraged. And if they're not, they have to continuously do it until there is community around their brand. And that happens with authentic uh, communication. Do you think now then the days of, and let's, let's be frank, the days of the sort of the bullshit comparison where people are putting out there really what isn't their true life just to sort of impress everybody else. Do you think those days are numbered? I think that there will be a group of people who will be attracted to that at all times. They will continuously uh, create things that not perhaps aren't aligned with them or just aren't authentic. Uh, but I think that those brands are not going to be generating revenue on a sustainable basis. Maybe they're generating revenue uh, in the next year, two years. I just don't see these companies being able to thrive in the next 10, 20 years. Because as we just talked about, the next generation of buyers are value driven and we're moving towards a world of value. And the brands that try to cut corners and go around that are not going to survive in the long run. Do you think the pandemic has sped the whole transition towards a conscious value-driven business? I, I am a little, uh, I'm going to take a step back on this question and say, I'm a little torn on this question because on one hand, I do see a lot of companies taking the conscious step towards uh, towards becoming, let's say, a B Corp or, or joining uh, an organization that keeps them transparent. But we're also seeing a lot of purpose washing and greenwashing happening. A lot of companies just coming out with great PR strategies to make themselves look good rather than genuinely changing their management strategy. And I, I know you, you talked about this in depth with, uh, with one of your guests, Donato Tremotu. I, I hope I didn't slaughter that name. <laughs> but you talk about a compassionate leadership gap that exists. And I think that until this day, it exists, even after the pandemic, it, it very well exists. Uh, and we're still making up that gap as we go by. I think it's, uh, there was an interesting sort of, there's an interesting sort of article about the United States where they said that during the pandemic, the great resignation happened and 4.5 million people actually resigned. 4.5 million. I mean, that's huge. And we're talking about a country that has a massive labor shortage. And actually people are coming back now into the workplace, but they're coming back to the places where they choose to. So I think what's happened is people now know the places they don't want to work and the treatment they don't want to receive. And they're now looking at, okay, well, where can they get that better? Yes, Quality absolutely. of work and life. Absolutely. You're spot on on that. People are realizing that they have a choice now. They're not forced to work for a salary. I mean, some people are definitely in that place, and it's very sad to see that still in the 21st century. That being said, I think most of us, uh, are realizing that once you work from a place of uh, from a place of why why you do what you do, then you wake up with more energy, wake up with more purpose in your life, and that means once you align your values and your skills together, you can create an aligned career that not only pays you well but also recharges you, energizes you, uh, and that has been a total game changer for for people who have come to that realization. 
No, absolutely. And I think it will continue to do so. And I think yeah. that will create the movement. Actually, the people that just, as you say, play lip service, pay lip service to this whole culture and change, they're going to come unstuck. Yes, absolutely. And and like you said, a lot of people have decided that, okay, well, maybe it's not time for me to become an entrepreneur, but I would like to join a purpose-driven business. I would like to be part of a conscious business and learn the best as I can. So people are taking a step back and realizing that having a brand purpose can transform entities from being passive profit-driven, passively profit-driven into active change makers that empathize with their customers and employees. Uh, and there's really a handful of companies that are doing this, but the ones that are, there's high demand and there's low uh, employee turnover. So it's, they're doing quite well. And there tends to be high profitability as well. As well. Yes. And that's the thing that people get confused. They think, oh, by being this change company, it's going to cost money. I'm not going to make money. But actually, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. We're like I mentioned with with brands like Patagonia, they're they're doing that at such a high scale, but while keep making sure that they're being environmentally friendly. Uh, a company like Ben and Jerry, for instance, you might not think that Ben and Jerry is a conscious business, but at their essence, with their hiring processes, their onboarding, uh, their customer policies, they're a conscious business. They could just be an ice cream brand uh, uh, with a sweet treat, best enjoyed on a warm sunny day. But they really decided intentionally to make a personal connection with their customers and employees. That was an intentional decision that Ben and Jerry made. And that's what really separates them from other ice cream brands who represent nothing more than empty calories. And yeah, well put. And actually, with the pandemic and lockdowns across the globe, that connection is probably more important now than it's ever been before. Yes, absolutely. And we're already seeing statistics coming out of Deloitte, out of uh, a lot of authority, uh, the, the, the companies that have authority around how purpose-driven companies are actually making more money. Unilever uh, came out with a report stating that uh, 69% sustainable living brands, Unilever has Dove, has Axe, as a, a parent company that has lots of brands in it. But they were saying how they're their sustainable living brands are growing 69% faster than the rest of their business and delivering 75% of the company's growth. So it shows that these stats show that conscious businesses are not only able to make more impact, but they're also able to create more profit. So here's a question for you. What are the telltale signs of someone experiencing imposter syndrome? It starts with overthinking and then leads to paralysis by analysis. So I'm not against thinking. I think thinking and strategizing are two different things, but it starts with thinking and then goes into strategizing. However, paralysis by analysis is, is essentially at a, at a place where you're con consistently thinking. You don't have any quarterly goals set up, so you don't know what success looks like. You don't know how to measure success. Is it the number of leads that you connect with? Is it your conversions on email? What does success look like to a digital entrepreneur? So once they haven't identified that, they will continue to struggle with imposter syndrome. So what would be the, what would be the, if you had to give someone some advice on how to first overcome imposter syndrome, what stages do you think they need to undertake? 
a lot of it comes down to how you operate on a daily basis. What does your rituals look like? Do you have a turnoff time for yourself? Do you have time where you're nourishing and nurturing yourself? Because let's not forget this business runs on you and it's no, no longer like a company that where you don't work, your input is not making a substantial impact on how much the company grows. Maybe, uh, maybe at a company you make a substantial impact, but in most cases I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is you're the one that runs, you're the one that oils and fuels this company once you're an entrepreneur. So taking care of yourself, nourishing yourself is really key to being that force that moves your business forward and also having a clear vision, I think is very important. Knowing, uh, understanding your vision, realizing your vision will, will really help you wake up with, with more joy and with more purpose and uh, makes those failures look like experiments in your business and your journey towards uh, that post that you want to be. So I would say having a clear vision and also nourishing and taking care of yourself in that process is, is really key uh, with managing imposter syndrome. You can't eliminate imposter syndrome, but you can absolutely manage it. Do you think over time, yeah, do you think over time though, as you learn new skills, as you become far more developed as an entrepreneur, in all fairness, that imposter syndrome starts to recede. Yes, I think that once you're, we're in a space where we have invested those 10,000 hours where we feel that we are experts on, on something based on the, the results that we've delivered for our clients, it definitely does start to fade away. And when I started off, I remember I was, I was, I was really in, not in a good place with my imposter syndrome. I was personally struggling. I came out of a company um, and realized that I had no job and I didn't have any, I didn't have any plan to become a digital entrepreneur, but really being scrappy and resourceful is what kept me going. Uh, but after a year of achieving success and results, tangible results for our clients, looking back now, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm in a much better place and I'm able to elaborate the value that I bring to clients a lot more clearer. And that just shows progress in that area. Oh, thank you. And for those that are paralyzed at the moment and are not doing anything, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say if, if you can go outside, take a walk, take your journal with you and write about really how you want to combine your skills and values into creating impact in this world, into creating an aligned, designing an aligned career for yourself. And I think after that journal session, think about how you can take or extract the information and put them in a sequential order in terms of action items, two things that you can do in the next month, just two that will create ROI. Once we relate our, our goals with return on investment, that's when we can start to see difference in our business. So I think for people who are just starting off, uh, it, if it's number of proposals you send out, if it's number of people you connect with online on, on a weekly basis, all of that goes into you just moving towards progress. Once you start to see progress, um, you'll forget you ever had imposter syndrome. And if people want to know a little bit more about what you do and want to connect with you, how do they go about it? 
Absolutely. I love talking business. So if you would like to reach out to me at uh, on Mocho and Co, mochoand.co, my website, I'd love to jump on a 15 minute, 30 minute call and have a conversation and get to know you all better. Uh, otherwise, at follow your why on Instagram is probably the best way to reach me via direct message. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being an absolute awesome guest today. Part really great having you on today's episode. If anything we've spoken about resonates with you, you want a bit more information, head over to bulka.com and get in touch. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And always remember that failing to learn is learning to fail. Please stay safe. And once again, Pa, thank you very much for being an awesome guest. <laughs>